Okay, everyone, hello. Welcome to episode 76 of the Pushing Rubber Post, Pushing Rubber Podcast. I'm your host, who can't speak properly, Adam Piggott. This is me taking off my headphones and placing them over there and taking a little sip of gin and tonic. For episode 76, the wind's quite howling outside. It's rushing past the window here and making a big noise, so I don't know if that's going to come up on the cast. Hopefully it won't. I've reset the microphone and checked on my volume levels after the issues, apparently, on the last episode. Um, Last week, you probably noticed that there was no uh, podcast. And there almost wasn't a podcast this week either. Um, I got home last night and the thought of speaking for an hour uh, in a semi-intelligent manner, in an entertaining manner, designed to keep you riveted to whatever listening device upon which you are currently listening to this podcast, filled me with horror. And I must admit I was in bed by 8.30. And the reason for this kind gentleman listening, and I suppose ladies here and there, is the fact that I have started a new job, a proper job, and um, it's my first gainful employment job for two years. And uh, I'm back training um, and assessing in the offshore oil and gas industry for emergency response crisis management and that sort of thing. And yesterday I was in the swimming pool all day doing helicopter underwater escape training, which was uh, a lot of fun. I've got to say, I missed it. I missed uh, being out there. Um, but um, at 46 years of age and not for the past two years working from home, it's been a bit of a shock to the system. So, um, like, uh, my normal routine was to get uh, five articles out a week and a podcast, and sometimes six articles out a week and a podcast. Well, this week I've managed to do let's have a look here what have i done uh what's today i got out one i've got out it's thursday and i've got out two articles so i suppose i'm an article down i'm getting the podcast out today it's not too bad the thing in the articles that i put out i put out never apologizing can make you a success and that was basically just a quick rundown of uh uh, some stories about a video game from the Greedy Goblins blog. Um, there wasn't much in-depth stuff behind that. Uh, and then I did on Tuesday really quickly, Harvard, do as we say, not as we do. Once again, another link and a quick rundown about something. Um, because, look, there's stuff that I've wanted to write about this week. Um, there's fantastic article uh, in the Australian, furious chauvinist men hijack Tanya Plilbersex Women's Day speech. I'll be talking about that on the podcast, and I do want to do an article about it. But if you look at my blog uh, on the homepage and you scroll down the side to archives and you go, I started the blog in October 2015, and you can see eight articles in the first month, November 2015, seven post December 2015, five, January 2016, 11, February 2016, 29, bang. And I quit my job at the beginning of February, end of January 2016, to focus on the blog, to focus on my writing, on my books, 
and all that sort of stuff. And I gave myself two years. Well, it's March 2018. You can follow it all along and I've pretty, most of the time stayed above 30 articles a month. January 2017, 23, there's a couple of 25s in there, but for the most part, um, I've stayed as much as I can around 28 to 30, 31 articles a month. I, I just don't know if that's the output. And I, look, I gave myself two years. I gave myself two years to do this. Um, I didn't have, really have that many money problems. It was a situation where I was able to do this. Um, and, you know, it's, you, you do the best you can. You work your ass off. And, but there's also a lot of luck involved as well. And uh, look, my numbers on the blog are good, but the 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 book sales numbers are not enough to to warrant continuing at the same level that I have been for the past two years. So maybe this was the golden two years of of my website and my little uh, writing and podcasting empire. I don't know. What I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try going forward to. Um, balance out on the weekend uh, and carve out a time where I can maybe set up some articles for the week coming ahead and try and keep the same output. But to be honest, like that Tanya Plibersek, uh, uh article that I'd, I'd really wanted to write something about, physically to write the words out, we're talking 20 minutes. But to get my ducks in a row, to get everything straight, I probably would have done five or six hours of work before that, just surfing the internet, getting the thoughts right in my head, working it all out, looking at other arguments that people have said, thinking about it a lot, and then when it comes out, I've been working on it all day. I don't have time to work on it all day now because I'm training and assessing full time, and that takes that takes. Well, when I'm there, I. I'm giving 100% of my energy and time to that. I'm not. I'm not thinking about, you know, which feminist has mouthed off today, or, you know, how can I help men out this week? Uh, blah blah blah. Or, you know, how awesome has Trump been this week? Um, how stupid have the uh, Antifa been? Um, is Mike Chernovich still being a moron? Yes. Um, I just it. it I'm going to try and balance it out, guys. I haven't worked this hard on the blog and the podcast over the last two years just to let it fall away. I put too much effort into it for that. Um, But we'll see if my output is going to be able to stay the same. I'm just not sure that it is. Um, As for the podcast... um, I'm still going to upload it on Wednesdays, but I think I'm going to record it on the weekend now when I have more time and energy to do it. I found myself coming home from work today. It's Thursday afternoon on March the 8th, and I'm feeling full of beans and able to to do it fine. So giving it a shot now. But yeah, you know, we'll see, eh? We'll see. And look, my... My podcast, honestly, is sitting around 300 listens on average, uh, unless my unless if Captain Capitalism links to me, it'll generally crack 500. Uh, but it's been sitting around 300 for you know 
most of its uh, most of its time. I think my best episode is something around. I've never cracked a thousand listens. Uh, if I scroll all the way down, there's six hundred listens on episode fifty-two, the nice guy episode. Okay, it's um, not too bad. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's see what. Uh, yeah, the high four hundreds, five hundred. So pushing right the very first episode, almost six hundred listens. They're not stratospheric numbers, are they? I mean, you guys are listening to it, you enjoy it, and that's great. But it's not. It hasn't taken off at all. And you know, I'm not a I'm not a genius marketer. One thing I'm not good at is marketing myself. I'm not. I'm just not a self promoter at all. Like I think, I think Mike Mike uh, Cernovich is is really one of the biggest gobnobblers uh, on this side of the internet. But my God, he's good at self promotion. I give him that. That's 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 about the only thing that Mike Cernovich is good at is uh, is self promotion. Um, but he's fantastically good at it. And if you're fantastically good at self promotion, then the you're most of the way there. You can have you can be ninety five percent bullshit and five percent. There's a little bit of gold threads among all the dross, but if if you're amazing at self promotion, you're gonna be fine. the 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 gold standard of self promotion is Anthony Robbins. Uh, Anthony Robbins is you know the most the most brilliant self promotion of all time. Trump is brilliant at self promotion, but he's also got the gold. There's not much dross in there. Like he's 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 ninety percent gold, so that's why he's such an amazing person. He's got he's he's got all the chops, and he's great at the self promotion as well. And that's just an absolute dynamite combination. It really is. Um, I'm not good at self promotion. I remember um, one or two years ago when I was oh, it's over two and a half years ago when I when I published my first book, and tried to get hold of Aaron Clary, Captain Capitalism. I didn't really know him from a bar of soap, but I knew that he'd love it. I, I just was convinced he'd like it. And uh, and I really had to work hard just to get here. I had to work so hard to get someone who I thought would really, really be in tune with my first book, Pushing Rubber Downhill. And he was. He loved it. And he's been a huge help for me ever since. But I had to work so hard to do that for someone that I knew was gonna love it. It was just, uh, yeah, I just, uh, and for for every Aaron Clary that was just went apeshit about it, wow. I don't know how many people I contacted, but I contacted a lot of people and it was just silence. It was just crickets chirping, nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, And I just don't understand that, you know? Every single person who's ever contacted me um, who's left a message on my blog, blah, 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 who's sent me an email, I've done the courtesy of just responding to them, even if I think they've been way off base. And I'm sure that I was way off base uh, when I contacted a couple of years ago people reaching out, trying to get some um, momentum going on the first book. I'm sure that I did it the wrong way a few times. I know that I did. I absolutely know that I did. But... It doesn't take much just to do a quick reply email and go, oh, you know, man, eh, not the thing for me. Hey, the next time you approach someone, why don't you do this? I don't know how many times I've done that myself. Reply to people who've, who've, who've emailed me. You know, I'm not bottom of the totem pole. Um, so 
yeah, it's the self-promotion thing. Anyway, getting back to it, I just, I just, I don't know. I just, it's weird because from my wife, for instance, is brilliant at promoting me. Like she'll promote me to the ends of the earth, but she can't do it for herself. And as vice versa, I can't promote myself, but I certainly can promote my wife in her professional capacity. And I've got her, I've got her good jobs in the past by pushing her and promoting her in, in certain ways where she was just standing there and clamming up and not saying a thing in a social situation. And I was like, why the hell aren't you talking at the moment, darling? You should be talking. Well, you need to talk to the, hey, you need to talk and you need to talk here and let you two go together. You know, I got no shame at doing it if it's someone else who I truly believe in what they're doing. Absolutely no shame. And I'm really good at it. But when it comes to myself, when it comes to myself, I just can't do it. I'll just like, here's my book. You want to buy it? Great. You want to read it and you love it? Great. You don't want to buy it? Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. You know, like, like people say to me, oh, you know, you know, oh, after the, when they sent the 10th email, then I thought I'd give, give a look at it. What the fuck's that? I'm not going to send 10 emails. If I send an email, to someone and say, oh, well, you know, here's, I'd like to send you a copy of my book. There's no obligation. You can have a look at it, rah, 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 rah. And I get crickets, which is, which means silence. There's like nothing there. I'm not sending them another email because I've made, I've, I've made the move, okay? And I consider that if, if, if someone responds, if someone sends something to me, at least I'm going to respond to them. So if they haven't even bothered to respond to me at all. They haven't even got the common courtesy to do that. I'm certainly not going to send them another nine or ten emails doing the same thing over and over again. But apparently that's what you have to do. You just have to be a shameless prick and can just badger and badger and badger and badger and badger and then finally they give in and they're like, oh, this is a brilliant book. Oh, yeah, no fucking shit, dipshit. I can't do that. I just, I can't do that because I don't respond that way. I don't respond that way. Someone sends me an email, I respond. You can send me an email with 90%, it's, it's mostly bullshit and I think you're a complete idiot, but you know what? I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond so it stops there. So I've given you that common courtesy. But apparently it's not so common, is it? It's not common at all. It's, we should call it rare as fucking hen's teeth courtesy because that's, that's the actual situation that it is. So two years... I've written fuck. I've written a lot of articles. God, I could put I could put a two book. I could put two complete books of one hundred and fifty thousand words out right now. Uh, what have we got? We got thirty in a month, oh, three hundred years, six hundred articles, an average of a thousand words an article. That's over half a million words that I've written on articles the last two years. Fuck me, dead. That's not two books. That's four books. Oh, it's not it's six books. I can't even do basic arithmetic at the moment. Holy crap! I've also run out of beer. And I'm drink, drinking a gin and tonic right now, but I've run out of beer, which is not, not good for me with doing a podcast. But I digress. So, yeah, not good at selling myself. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What do you think? Should I have been selling myself more? You're listening to me right now. You are listening to me. You're one of the chosen, you're one of the select few, chosen few, select few, you know, that are doing this. Um, why are you listening to me? What is it that gets you? Because honestly, honest, I'm going to be really honest here. If I were you, if I was someone else, 
I wouldn't be downloading this podcast and listening to it. That's because I don't listen to podcasts. I don't. I don't listen to podcasts. I just, it's not the thing. I, I, I read. That's what I, I do. I read. So maybe I'm not a, a good example. But I wouldn't be listening to this. I'm amazed. If I get 300 people a week listening to this, I'm amazed. Wow. 300 people. 300 people. 300. I mean, I, I did a class today with 12 people. No, 10 people. 10 people in the class. So that would be like 30 of those together listening to what I have to ramble on about every week. I, I, I find that amazing. Amazing. Why are you doing it? What is it? Am I that entertaining? I had someone to say, oh, I love... I had, I had this comment recently by someone, someone who I respect a lot, who said to me, I really like your podcast, you know, because you build it up, you build it up, you build it up, and you have this climax at the end, and all of it comes together. And I'm like, do I? I didn't say this, but I was like... Because he wrote to me in an email, and I was like, do I? Do I do that? Because I don't plan it. I just literally... This is, this is how I do my podcast. I jot down... I'll, I'll tell you how I've done today's podcast. I wanted to talk about my new job and how that's going. And the Tanya Plilber speak article. That's all I've got. And here we are talking about about how you approach someone and how you sell yourself because this goes from one to another. But I don't I don't strategically, you know, plan and set out that the climax is going to come here and then you know, an hour into it and it'll be at the fifty minute point and we'll build it up. To the, I don't do that. I don't honestly. I hit the record button on, on Audacity, which is the recording program, and I start talking. That's it. I try to make sure I have enough alcohol with me, and I don't have anything that I'm going to eat because that's disgusting in my microphone. And by the way, one of the reasons I don't listen to podcasts is I've listened to podcasts and podcasters start eating. I can barely stand the sound of eating when I'm sitting at the table with other people. If you're eating with, if I'm out with you in a restaurant and you're eating and you start eating with your mouth open, trust me, I'm gonna say something. I really hate that so much. Now, people talk about this as an example you see in cartoons like The Simpsons. They want to do something that's gonna cause irritate someone, and they get the the fingernails on the blackboard. Fingernails on the blackboard is not even close to people eating with their mouth open with me. Oh my God, I hate that so much. It's probably one of the reasons I just don't listen to podcasts because at any point, they're going to start masticating on me. I can't handle that. I can't. There was a little bit of diversion there. So I don't understand. You're listening to me. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that because you, you, out, you all out there might be thinking to yourself, yeah, yeah, you know what? He's, he's kind of right. Why, why am I listening to him? I mean, really, what is he... What has he got to say? He's, ah, oh, I, could, I could be doing so much more with my time right now than listening to Adam fucking Piggott crap on about his miserable existence. I don't know. These are out there on SoundCloud. You know, maybe maybe they'll be saved for posterity. You know, 100 years was oh, the golden years of podcasting in the mammoth year. And there were certain podcasters that were really set the tone. And they might not have had really big audiences at the time. But one, one of the ones who was really good. And, oh, we look back there and been a lot of PhDs have been done on this. Is Adam Piggott. Oh, yes, I tell you. If we could go back in time now and talk to Adam Piggott. Oh, we would love that so much. Oh, God. Gee whiz, by god damn, parts the parcel there, Colonel, A eh? what? I don't know. I don't know. The sound of someone having a drink is not the same as someone masticating just for you smart asses who were listening to that just then and forming your own opinion. You can all go fuck yourself.
So anyway, I start a new job. Two years I haven't been gainfully employed. Um, and um, here's the funny thing. As a man, you need purpose. Now, I, I, I have purpose. For the last two years, I have had purpose. I'm, I'm lucky that I'm one of these guys with a lot of interests. Like, in the sense that if... If I get a day with no one else around and I can be in the home and I'm not allowed to leave the house, absolutely fine. I have my books, my music, my musical instruments, the computer, the internet. I have I have just so many interests. Potting around in the back shed. Absolutely fine. I have I have eight books on the go at the moment. Eight books, and I just don't have enough time in the day. I got Rollo Tomasi's new book, Positive Masculinity, a couple of months ago, and I still haven't been able to knock it off. I have Vox Day's second SJW book down there, and I still haven't opened it yet to look at it. I've got the Starting Strength book. I haven't opened that yet. I just, oh, I have, I have um, Taleb's new book, Skin in the game. I haven't opened that yet. First edition, hardcover, US. Ah! Whenever there's a book that I think is going to be an absolute monster, I pre-order it on Amazon in the country in which it's published. So if it's an English author, I want the English first edition hardcover. If it's an American author, I want the American first edition hardcover, etc., so I will always pre-order it so I get that lovely 10987654321 number. Or just a just some someone just do a straight one. Eh. Um, whatever order they do the numbers. I, I have I just haven't anyway, I, I don't I don't have a problem with this. I I've the last two years um, getting an article out every day, doing the podcast, Working on my books. Yes, the third book is still sitting there. Now, yes, it's probably the... It was supposed to be out in the next month. It's definitely going to be pushed back because I started this job. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I gave it two years, guys. I gave it two years. That was a decent run of time. With not getting... With getting fuck-all income. I sold a couple of thousand books of Pushing Rubber Downhill. That's good. I get five bucks a copy. Okay, that's all right. That's some that's some nice money. Um, the editing cost me two grand. The cover cost me two hundred. Um, I had some other costs involved with it as well. The audiobook still hasn't recouped its cost from Davis already reading it for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's I mean you know um, apparently a couple of thousand books is really good in the publishing game. So yeah, it's just. There's too many writers out there. I'm really good at writing, but there's just too many writers. You can look at it. Oh, it's there's too much people putting out shit. Not enough people putting out good stuff. It's hard to find the good stuff. There you go. Didn't get lucky. Didn't get lucky. Didn't get lucky. If it been, I don't know. Just didn't get lucky. That's and you know what? It's fine. I'm absolutely happy. I couldn't be more satisfied with the two books that I put out. I couldn't be more proud of the work that I put into them and how they and how they came about and how that what the finished product was. I'm absolutely fine. I'm really stoked with how many copies were sold. 
Would have been nice to sell two million copies. Well, fuck yeah. Uh, buy that holiday home in Italy. But uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. I thought about monetizing the blog, doing the old Patreon thing. People said to me, you know, rah, rah, rah. Apparently I've got people following me who are rather wealthy. I, apparently. Um, ah, just, I just... I tell you what, I've re- you know why I've resisted it? You know why I've resisted it? I've, I've been at this job for a week now, and I'm very happy to do it. I really am. The money's, the money's good, but it's not out of this world. It's good, but it's not out of this world. Um, but it's the purpose. Yes, I had purpose with what I've done with the past two years. But it's just at home by myself with no interaction with other people. And hell is other people, but we are still social creatures. And it it like I said, like I've explained, it didn't take off. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a, a success in any measurable form. Right? If I look if I was living in Africa in a village in Africa, it would have been a success, but I'm not. So yeah, it's 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 that purpose. Men need to have purpose. We need to we need to be out there chasing dragons. We need out to be doing doing stuff. And I haven't trained anyone for two years. I, I got into the helicopter module in the pool yesterday, and I hadn't got into a helicopter module for two years. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to put these people upside down underwater. I hope this comes back to me fast. <laughs> no, bit of pressure. Um, and it went fine. Um, yeah, a couple of hairy moments, but it went, it went absolutely fine. The clients were all, were all happy. They all got out alive. But um, it, was, it was a real thrill. And I was there today running around and doing some sea survival stuff. And at one point I was getting changed into my sea survival gear to go up to the swimming pool. It's an outside swimming pool in Holland, by the way, in winter. Last week. Last week. Holy fuck. Okay. Why didn't I do a podcast last week? There's two reasons. Number one, I had house guests here. There were some people from Australia that were on, the, on their way through their boat. They were supposed to take a boat across the Atlantic from the Cape Verde Islands across to the Caribbean, and the boat lost its mast uh, coming up to Cape Verde, and they were flying from Australia to meet it. So basically their trip got shafted, but they had their ticket home from Cuba. So they flew up to Holland, and I put them up for a few nights. Um... People in the house, I'm not going to do a podcast. I'm not going to record a podcast with people in the house. There's no one in the house right now. I don't record a podcast when the good wife is home. I just don't do it. I get, you know, self-conscious. I mean, if there's someone in the house right now, I'd be thinking, I must sound absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah? So I just can't do that. Then last week, we had this Siberian beast from the east, apparently, weather system come in. And my first day at work... Uh, for the company was last Thursday in Dordrecht, which is near the Rot- part of Rotterdam Harbour here in Holland. It's an absolutely enormous harbour. And there was this cable lay vessel there, and they needed to do um, a man overboard drills and boat transfer. So how you get from one uh, smaller boat up into a bigger boat without killing yourself on high seas. Um, so it was my- we got down there at 7 in the morning. There, was, there were three of us, so the trainer... Italian girl, me and another guy, we're going to do the practical stuff assessments outside and for reals, yeah. 
We cancelled the man overboard drills because there was no fucking way. It was minus seven at seven o'clock in the morning and the screaming easterly wind which which from Siberia, which came we were on the we were on the western side of the harbour, so the, the wind came in, the harbour's wide, the wind came in, hit the water, came all the way across the water, and then hit the cable lay vessel that we were on. So it was humid by the time it got to us. They reckon the wind chill was minus 20, minus 25, something like that. It was brutal cold. I've rafted in Canada when there was snow on the side of the river. I've, I've rafted in, in Italy in conditions in the Alps there that were just horrendously cold. I have never being colder than this in my entire life and i didn't get close to the water i was completely rugged up the only thing that was showing was my face and 10 minutes outside and you started your face started to physically hurt it was painful this was dangerous weather really dangerous i mean i've been up on top snowboarding up on the italian alps coming out minus 20 degrees at night Wind chill, man, wind chill. And it was just a straight minus 20, no wind chill. Oh, man, this wind chill was brutal, absolutely brutal cold, dangerous cold. So the trainees were only putting them outside for 15 minutes at a time to do this boat transfer, going up and down a ladder with snap hooks and inertia reels and stuff like this. But we had to be out there for, <laughs> I think we were out there, so we had... We had 30 trainees, so three groups of 10. We were out there for probably an hour and a half for each group of 10. And we'd take out two trainees at a time. When one was finished and go in, another one would came out. I tell you what, man. We started at 7 in the morning, finished at 4 in the afternoon. Absolutely brutal. I drove home and I was just a zombie. Then on Friday last week... It was even colder, if that's possible, and the wind was even stronger back at the main base here. And holy moly, we were doing the uh, they were doing the helicopter training. I wasn't in the pool; I was standing next to the pool. I think the pool would have been warmer because the pool was heated to eighteen or seventeen degrees Celsius. But they couldn't lift the helicopter module completely out of the water. Because the the buckles, the harness buckles, immediately froze, just froze instantly, and uh, the 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 trainers were coming out of the pool. The trainees were coming out of the pool in the yellow dry suits, the transit suits, and within about twenty or thirty seconds, there was just ice crackling all over them. Man, holy moly! So that was last week. I got I got home from those two days, and I wasn't going near a microphone to do a podcast. Uh, yesterday I had my first Hewitt session in the pool. That's helicopter underwater escape training. And yeah, it was pretty long sesh. And like I said, I was in bed by 8.30 yesterday. So that, that didn't happen. Anyway, purpose. We're talking about purpose. Been there for a week and I've trained, well, the first, the first, Really, the first few days is just seeing how they're training. These are the same courses that I've trained in Australia, and they're repeat courses, so they're the same presentation all over the world. But every training centre has its quirks that you have to work out what, how the behind the scenes are working, to you know the logistics to be able to set up each, maybe the firefighting or facility abandonment or something like that. 
So I needed to work all that out. And then I had to sit in on each on each module to be able to make sure that the local reg- regulations and laws that I was up to standard with all of those. So yesterday I started training properly. Today I trained properly. And I was training sea survival today. I told you, I was getting changed into my... This is where I was. I was getting changed into my sea survival gear. Yellow transit suit, hoodie, that sort of stuff. And I just kind of stopped myself and I went... This is cool. This is cool. I'm doing stuff again. Like writing, don't get me wrong, with writing I'm doing stuff and I write really well. There we go, self-promotion. <laughs> as soon as I say that, I feel guilty. I write really well. Apparently, I, I, can't, I just like, oh, man, why are you saying that? Um, I write really well, but the the satisfaction of being out there and imparting your knowledge and the f- immediate f- and the guys today were like were like at the end of the course you know this sea survival course how'd you guys f- oh man that was awesome yeah great examples you were giving really real life um uh, context that really made it all sink in i remember this for a long time rah, 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 rah. it's like fuck yeah yeah i like doing this i like helping guys out I like making a difference. I like, and then I like earning some money and coming home at the end of the day and feeling tired. I like that. I went to the gym yesterday after that helicopter underwater session and bashing out my Wednesday gym session and the strong lift by five by five. I tell you, getting to the last exercise and getting through five sets was was absolutely absolute mental torture yesterday. There's, there's nothing else to say absolute mental torture but i tell you what i feel absolutely fantastic because of it and i'm really glad that i'm out there working again yes i would have been ecstatic if i'd got lucky and the books and the blog and all the rest of the podcast would have taken off that would have been sensational but nothing beats oh, nothing beats it is really good to be back there even with the horrendous uh commute that i have here in holland and the holland in the morning and the afternoon i'm oh, my lord the roads um i don't care i don't care i know what you're all thinking now oh yeah adam you don't care yeah let's let's hear about this in six months time or a year's time let's see how much you get no i'll tell you what this two years off has given me i really don't think that that's the case of course you have all your short term oh, i pissed off at work i'm working with an idiot or a trainee has done something really stupid or something's annoyed me, rah, 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 or the commute, or blah, blah, blah. But this two years off has actually really given me a new appreciation. Um, I get guys, I hear guys saying, oh, we're all slaves, we're all slaves, we're all slaves. We're not slaves. It's always a choice. You can stay home on Social Security if you want to and, and scrape by on 10 grand a year. Um, it's good to be out there as men. That, that's saying we're slaves and we're slaves to the man. This is bullshit, man. Because as men, we need to be productive. We really do. We really have to feel like we are making some sort of difference. And, and it's honest work because it's private sector. It's not public sector. Because public sector is fucking bullshit. And I'm going to read you something off my facebook page that someone posted up uh yesterday um so this guy posted this to 
his own homepage. It was something, a post that someone else made, and it was a firefighter in Victoria who wrote this. And the person who's a friend of, well, I worked with this guy back in the day who post, reposted it on his Facebook feed, is also a firefighter in Australia in another state. And basically some journalists in Victoria have dug up the new uh, firefighter union agreement that the firefighters union has done with the Andrews Labor government in Victoria. Uh, and this is what he says. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I love my job. The one thing I despise isn't even in the job description. It's the fact that it's used by the media journalists in conjunction with politicians for ulterior purposes. Yesterday's front page headlines, particularly in the Herald Sun, were strategically designed to mislead the masses and cause anger. It was reported that firefighters would be getting a sudden 19% pay rise and 200 days leave per year in a new deal. The information was conveniently betrayed this way as I want to pin this on Premier Daniel Andrews that he has rolled over and this is important for the opposition as it's an election year in caps. What they intentionally left out was that the 19% pay rise was over a six-year period in caps. Okay, fine. The 200 days leave they calculated was a journalist conveniently adding up every and any type of leave like compassionate leave, paternity leave, carer's leave, defence force leave, sick leave. This is nothing new and industry standard. There is nothing industry standard about 200 days leave per year in the private sector. We get 60, this is, he goes on, we get 65 and days annual leave, not 200. And we, like most other shift workers, are rostered on public holidays. Oh, boo-hoo. Try working in the fucking hospitality industry. 65 days annual leave a year. 65. The average in the private sector in Australia is 22 days a year. That's four weeks. Yeah? Because five days in a week, 65 days a year is 13 weeks holiday per year. In the private sector, 13 weeks is long service leave that you get, get after 10 or 15 years. And these firefighters are getting 13 weeks of holiday pay every fucking year. They're getting a season off. He continues, a decent portion of the extra and relief is due to the fact we work an average 42-hour week. 42 hours, eh? Wow, that's so enormous. Wow, 42 hours. You poor babies, firefighters, sitting around, waiting for the bell to go off. I know what goes on. I work with firefighters. Those extra couple of hours are accrued as leave as opposed to paid overtime. Oh, okay. So two hours, the 42 hours a week, two hours is overtime, but it's accrued as leave. So let's do two times 52 is 102 hours and 40 hours in a week. So that's two and a half weeks. So let's take two and a half weeks off your 13 weeks leave and that still leaves us with... Ten and a half weeks, which is more than double what anyone gets. It's almost still almost three times what anyone gets in the private sector. Go fuck yourselves. What sucks, he continues, 
What sucks is fireys like myself are left in a position where we have to defend ourselves from misleading information that's put out there time and again. Oh, my God. We can't buy a front-page headline to tell the truth of a top topic. Of course you can't. Because you spent, you're on holiday somewhere. You've spent all your money on all the holidays you've got for all this three months of holiday time. This reminds me to be careful of what I read here through the news. Blah, 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 blah. Feel free to share. So this guy who's who I work with in the past, not the guy who wrote this, but another guy who's a firefighter in Australia, shared this on his page. So I'm assuming by sharing it on his page that he wants people to get with the firefighters program and be on his side. Yeah? He's, they're looking to put their point of view out and win over the general public. So I write a comment, 65 days annual leave is three times what anyone gets in the private sector. That's simply crazy. And my old workmate who posted this on his blog and who was looking to win over the public replied with, sucks to be you. Don't even bother replying. Because that says it all, doesn't it? That's public service who are being paid by taxpayers, people like me, and who are getting 65 days a year annual leave as per standard. But hey, if you knock your wife up that year, whoo, the sky's the limit in Australia if you're a firefighter. The sky's the limit. You may as well jump over the back fence and knock up the neighbor's wife too. Oh, yeah, that's my mate. Sorry, I'm getting a leave for that. Ah, don't want to hear it. Do a DNA test, cunt. There was another reply too. Someone I don't know, but it replied to my comment. Fine workers in the private sector, they have to deal with what we do, plus work nights and weekends. Then let's talk about crazy. Oh, okay. Fine workers in the private sector that have to deal with what we do. Let's go back to the to the very first thing that this guy said on his uh, post, and by the way, the person who commented this is not the guy who wrote the article, but his first line, his first sentence was, I love my job. Fine workers in the private sector that have to deal with what we do. Apparently you guys love your jobs. So it can't be, I love my job when it suits you and then, Oh, fine, fine workers in the private sector have to deal with what we do. You signed up to be a firefighter, mate. You signed up to be a firefighter. It's like, it's like, it's like doctors who sign up to be trauma surgeons, who go work in trauma emergency 24-hour hospital surgeon fucking areas, who then start complaining about seeing people coming in with trauma. Oh, we don't like seeing this. Oh, why'd you become a fucking trauma surgeon then, dipshit? Fine workers in the private sector to deal with what we do. Well, why'd you sign up for to become a fucking firefighter? What did you think it was? Nine to fucking five? Well, fuck off in the private sector then and deal with 22 days holiday a, a, a year. Plus work nights and weekends. Let's talk about crazy. Fuck me, mate. I worked as a rafting guide for 15 years. I didn't have a weekend free for 15 years. For the four years that I also ran my nightclub, I didn't have a night free for 15 years. For four years. Fuck me dead. Public holidays. Oh, oh. 
I want to say it. If you listen to this podcast and you work in the for the public service, that you work for the government, I don't care what you do, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself. You are the problem. That's what you are. Our societies are drowning in debt because of 65 days annual leave paid a year to morons like this. Is firefighting an important job? Yes, we don't want our houses to burn down. But you sign up to do the job. You don't sign up to then get a free ride at everyone else's expense. If you are working for the public service, you are a leech. You are a leech. If you don't like me saying that, if you totally disagree with me, you know what? Fuck off and unsubscribe from my podcast. I really want you to fuck off because public service workers are leeches. I just don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you think of that. You guys are leeches. I've never worked for the public service. You guys are a disgrace. And when I say something like 65 annual day, days annual leave is three times on an and it gets in the private sector, it's simply crazy. And I get a response from someone I used to work with in the past, sucks to be you, who, was, who only posted this on his Facebook page to get people to, I mean, brilliant stuff, mate. Brilliant fucking stuff. You post this up on your Facebook page so you can get everyone on your side. And as soon as it was like, well, man, 65 days annual year, annual leave a year is pretty fucking crazy. Sucks to be you. Okay, man. Okay. You know what? All of us who work in the for the private sector, all of us who are private actors, we're, it's the, the bucket is about to reach full. The bucket is about to tip over. We have just about had enough and that's why i'm so happy to be back working in the private sector where i've always worked because you're contributing something to the economy you're not a leech like public service fucktards i don't care if you're a firefighter police officer ambulance whatever i don't give a fuck it's gone it's gone too far and you're a disgrace the fact that there are unions in australia that there are unions for public service teachers unions Fucking nurses unions, ambulance paramedic unions, firefighters unions, police unions. This should be against the law. You should not be allowed to be paid, your wages paid by the taxpayer and also have a union represent you. That is fucking bullshit on every level. And here we have the results from that. The self-entitlement of sucks to be you. Oh, okay. Maybe in comparison, it does suck to me, B. I've never had 65 paid annual days leave in my life. So, yeah, maybe in comparison, it really does suck to be me on a, on a superficial level. But on a, uh, on a deeper level, nah, man, it sucks to be you, your self-entitled fucktard, you and all your fiery mates. It really sucks, sucks to be you. And I'll tell you something about firefighters in Australia. I work with a lot of firefighters. How is it that I managed to work with a lot of firefighters but I'm not a firefighter. That's because firefighters do four days on and four days off. Depends on the state. Some states it's four days on, three days off. And on those days off, you know what? They want to earn even more money. So they go and work in a training organisation, like in a pedo training organisation that I work for in Australia. And they even earn even more money on their days off. 
It's just not enough for them because they're sitting around bored. Sucks to be you. We know how much money you guys are making. It's total bullshit. If if I got if someone if someone next week rings me up, contacts me, man, I heard you talking on your blog and podcast, and you're talking about the public service. Well, here I am. I'm in the government. I'm in the United States, America, and yeah, this is my American accent, by the way. We really want you. We really want you, you know, to help us. We're going to pay you $200,000 a year. We're going to fly you over here. And you're going to put you up in this lovely house here in Washington, D.C. It's like a colonial Georgian mansion thing. You know, you're going to have a... We're going to get you a fine car, fine automobile, American-made automobile. Fuck you. Fuck off. No way. Fuck dead. It's like this. It's like we've got we've got a journalist in Australia, Lara fucking Tingle. Whatever her name is. That was the most ridiculous name of all time. Who's taken $15,000 from the Prime Minister's office to go be a part of a workshop for two days. Fifteen grand of taxpayers' money. And it's not, it's not the first time she's done it. She also took twelve grand to go work for ASIC for two days, the corporate regulator. Twelve grand, two days' work. This is what you get when it's a government contract. Because... We tax people so much, we can just throw this money around. Taxes going through the roof. People can't pay the electricity bills, but Lara Tingle gets 12 grand a day. Firefighters get 65 days annual paid leave every year. That's all right. Oh, you can't pay. Oh, you're late in your electricity bill because your taxes are through. I'll cut you off, you piece of shit. It's totally upside down. But I... I'm going to call this the purpose episode, though, because that's what it's about. My whole point is, if you work in the public service, you have no purpose. You don't produce anything. You're just pushing stuff around. Even a firefighter. Sorry. Sorry, you're not producing anything. What are you doing? What are you doing now? You don't produce anything at all. You're all leeches. Purpose. A man has to have purpose. So the town I live, used to live in a long time ago, I won't say the name of the town, but it was mostly a part public service town. You know? Lots and lots of public service people. And what you find in the bars on a Friday night, Friday night at the end of a working week, you go to the bars in that town, and this was back in the days when I went out to bars a lot. I don't go to bars anymore. But you go to the bars in that town, and it would be full of... Uh, men and women in suits, smart work attire, and there was you always there was like this. They were always in such good spirits, like really, like yeah, yeah, man, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, we killed it this week. Ah, oh, more drinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. These were public service workers. You know, public services workers because they walk around with a stupid plastic ID card around their neck all the time. You know, like it's like it's some sort of badge of honor to be working for the fucking government. And there was this forced jocularity. It was like forced happiness, forced bonhomie that they had. And it's because they'd got to the end of a... And I understood years later what it was. They'd got to the end of a working week. And if they hadn't turned up that week, and they hadn't gone to the office for five days a week and done all the hours that they were supposed to do as a good public servant, in their heart of hearts, they knew 
that it wouldn't have made a single bit of difference. They didn't produce anything. They could have all been sacked the next day. No one would have blinked. They were superfluous to society. And thus they were leeches. So they had to have this extra good high spirits at the end of the week when they went out. And that was all amongst as you saw it. It was like 100%. And you could see that they were convincing themselves. They were doing their best to convince themselves that they were okay. That they were, they actually did have some, some sort of worth for society. When in actual fact, not only did they have no worth at all, but they were a drain on society. Because the money that were taken off people as tax to pay these people's salaries in the public service could have been used to employ exponentially so many more people in the private sector. So not only are you worthless, you're worse than worthless. You're a leech on society. So human, like I said, human beings and men in particular, men in particular, we have to feel like we're productive. We have to feel like we are contributing to society, to what's going on. It's really, really important for men. And I, I did have an inkling of this over the last two years with myself. But So I was really interested to see how I would take psychologically. Physically, it's been really challenging this week. Um, because of the of the work that I'm doing, I'm definitely not sitting behind a desk, and it's it's go 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 all day. Coffee breaks, all that sort of thing. No, no, no. It's just go 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 all day. I get there at seven o'clock in the morning. I leave at four o'clock. Oh, is that more than forty two hours a week, Mister Fireman? I don't get paid in the overtime, and it's go 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 the whole time. So physically. It's been a real shock to the system. But the fact that I'm able to record this podcast tonight, I'm very, very happy about it. I have the energy to do it. Psychologically and mentally, it's been fucking fantastic. It's been really, really good. Um, It's great to be back out there. I'm going to do my best to keep what I've built up over the last two years rolling. I'm going to do my absolute best to do that. Um... We'll just have to balance it out. It might be a couple of less articles a week, which will mean, you know, my stats will go down on my blog and all the rest of it. But, you know, that's the way it is. Shout out to Captain Capitalism. who gave me a few links back last week. Thank you very much, Cappy, over at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. And then your, whatever your country you're, you're, you're going to after that. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with a good Cappy, here's several books out on an economics theme for men. Uh, from just starting out as in bachelor economics to retirement, planning for retirement. By the way, you should be thinking about the retirement when you're just starting out, if we're going to be perfectly honest. Um, and how to forge a path of your own destiny economics-wise. If you're a young guy, these these books are absolutely... If you're a young guy, you need bachelor paid economics and you need reconnaissance, man. You need those two books. You probably need worthless as well. Well, if you're thinking of doing uh, a shitty degree or any degree for that matter, even in STEM these days. Um, he also has a consultancy firm called Asshole Consultancy where he will answer your questions if you pay him money and won't tell you pretty lies. 
He won't st- Cappy doesn't sell pretty lies. He sells hard truth, which means he doesn't sell as much as if he would have been, as he would, sorry, if he was selling pretty lies. But I respect him for that a lot. So go check out The Good Captain at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. He also has a podcast a couple of times a week. Uh, next week, I'll be releasing uh, the second episode of The Greasy Poll with myself and The Great One. We're going to record that hopefully this weekend. Uh, and then the week after that, I'll get the next episode 77 of the Pushing Rubber podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. And thanks for listening for all these all this time. It's, it's 76 episodes. It's a year and a half. Um, I really appreciate that you guys tune in every week. It's, uh, it's a big deal for me. So um, thanks for listening to this. Stay safe. And I'll talk to you soon. Ciao.